I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My next guest was both the youngest and the first black African writer to win a Booker Prize for his novel The Famished Road in 1991. But that's just when one of many garlands which have decorated his remarkable career. In 2019, um, his book Astonishing the Gods was named one of the BBC's 100 novels that shaped our world. His poem Grenfell Tower has been viewed more than six million times on Facebook. And earlier this year, he was knighted for his contribution to literature. His latest book, Tiger Work, is a personal appeal to humanity to take better care of the planet. Poet, novelist, essayist and playwright Sir Ben Ockrey joins me now. Um, welcome to the programme, Ben. Mariana, it's a real pleasure. I never want you to feel lonely when I'm around. <laughs> well, it's very good of you to take the time out to make sure I don't. Um, let's start with the title, Tiger Work. What does it mean? Well, it's um, it's an, an allusion, first of all, to a very famous um, I- English poem um, uh, by Blake, which everybody everybody grew up singing. Um, tiger, tiger, uh, burning bright. Tiger, exactly, and um, uh, also tiger. The tiger is one of the most uh, haunted uh, creatures. It's almost haunted to extinction, and um, it is a creature of fierceness and beauty. And it's because of those two things that it has been haunted. Um, and I felt that the work of uh, climate uh, change activism, climate activism, environmentalism was and remains tiger work. It's the work of fierceness and beauty of spirit. It's a work that requires great dedication and discipline and love at the same time. Um, so I, I, I feel that the work that we have to do right now is, 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 is the work of tigers. Tiger Work, uh, your book, imagines a world 20,000 years, I think, after a, a catastrophe that's wiped out humanity. And I have to say that read in that context is a really sobering experience because the sort of dismal naivety and and lack of uh, any sense of what's actually happening around us becomes extremely highlighted in that context, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Sometimes we, we can't see our present very clearly. Um, we're too bound up in it. Um, and also a bit maybe fearful of, of things that we don't want to face. But when you put it in a context of an extinction that has happened and it's 20 years and 20,000 years in the future, then it gives one a chance, a telescope chance to actually look at us as we are now and maybe begin to see how we can, how we can be different. Sometimes context, sometimes perspective. Um, is a very powerful tool in literature, and I think also in something like the climate struggle. Mm. I, I mean, I'm interested as well in in how sh- 
how prepared to shock you are. And I, I feel like there's a sense from this book that you feel that we, we, we have to be woken from our stupor. And it's interesting that, you know, the publication of the book coincides with this new BBC series, Earth, which uh, also uses the terror factor to an extent to spur environmental change. I think Chris Packham, the presenter, is saying fear is a motivating emotion. Uh, do you think that's the case? Because for years we've talked about climate warnings, but warnings are, are, are sort of before something happens. And now we're way further down that road aren't we? Yes. Um, I mean, we've used fear in the past. There's a poem in the book because it's a book that um, is a suite of poems, essays, short stories, letters, interviews, just about every literary form I could think of to express the strength of my feeling. Um, and in the book, there's a poem, there's a poem that says, you know, we've, we have thrown at people distressing facts, numbers, temperatures, loss of species. Um, you know, I've said fear doesn't work, guilt doesn't work, and I said that I, I, I think I think that we ought to we ought to try love. Fear is very powerful when you have time. When it is upon you, I think we need we need a new kind of energy. We need a new kind of power, a new kind of awakening. Um, the thing about fear is that fear makes you you, you act hastily, you act you act jumpily. But what we need now is an intelligent, a deeply intelligent, deeply felt, long term almost a permanent um, uh, transformation in our consciousness. We don't, we don't just want to deal with this problem and sort it so that we now get to, 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 to zero and everything is fine. What we want to do is to transform us human beings so that we never get to this place again. It's that kind of deep understanding. So we have very little time and yet we have to achieve so much in, in reality and in our consciousness. What a time to be alive, Mariella. Indeed, you, you bring love in, into the picture there and, and you became a, a father later in life. You've got a youngish daughter. Um, how has she or her presence in your life uh, reinvigorated your desire for a better world? I mean, has, has, has her presence reinvigorated your, your, your need to see a future? Yeah, it's, that need has always been there, but it got magnified when um, my, my daughter, whose name is roughly similar to yours, actually, she's Mirabella, um, oh, I'm well, sure well, it was in homage, <laughs> was it not, Ben? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> just, to make, just, to, just to make sure you're not too lonely. Um, no, her, her presence did magnify um, and, and made, made it more present. There's something about, uh, about, about becoming a parent. Uh, when every, everything everything that, you, that you fear becomes more immediate. Before that, there was something, there was something far away about everything. Um, there was time for one to come around dealing with it. Um, but now I suddenly, I, I, I see her and her future is present to me and I want her to have a future. Also, she, she, she was born practically an eco-warrior, sort of had a stick walking down the canal, pulling plastic um, out, 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 out of the water. Um, became a very, you know, um, passionate uh, composter, um, loves walking rather than, taking any other form of transport she, she she it's as if she's born into this generation that feels the urgency of where we are so so I've but isn't taken it true as, great... i was Carry just on. going to say isn't it true as well that you know and, the, and this is the real shame and irony that all children are born little eco warriors and then it's it's sort of drummed out of them as the years progress in a way possibly but i i don't know i think i think it i think it's more so now because she be, she was she it wasn't long 
you know, she wasn't long in the world when she became aware of plastic. She wasn't long in the world when she became aware of just this talk of climate change. I think children pick up what is most saturated in the atmosphere. Um, and this is part of what I'm trying to do, which is to increase that saturation. I think there's two kinds of ways of, of, being, of being an activist. One is to be out there in the world doing things, things that are awkward and difficult uh, and annoying to some people, but, uh, but draws attention to the cause. And another is to just add to, amplify the saturation of the atmosphere uh, around this subject so that you cannot avoid it. And, that, and, and so that we have to deal with it both as uh, individuals and, and as governments and corporations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What do you think about climate activism today? I mean, there is such a big debate at the moment, isn't there, about um, protests like Just Stop Oil? I mean, the, the, again, l last week I was particularly struck by Keir Starmer, you know, advocating for children to raise their voices and to be given the skills to speak out and speak up. Uh, and I thought that perhaps the clever thing would have been to do when he was interrupted by those protesters to let them speak for two minutes, say, okay, you, you wanted to, you know, and, and it feels like, you know, on the one hand, we're looking for things to change and we, we want young people to be animated, but actually when it comes to something that they feel this passionately about, we, we don't like the methods. What do you think of the methods? Yeah, well, it's always been it's always been like that, Mariella. Um, you know, when when people really want to change the world, they have to use methods that's uncomfortable, and that may even be uh, illegal and may even be outlawed. I'm thinking of the suffragettes. I'm thinking of the freedom marches in Alabama. You know, I'm thinking of uh, you know the protests in South Africa. It's it's difficult when you have to when you have to change your situation, and those are situations which are very important. But this one we're dealing with now is worldwide, it's global, it's terminal. It, it involves the whole of the human race. How can one be polite about such a huge, terrifyingly difficult subject? There is, there is, there's, no, there's no way to sort of manage and navigate and contain what needs to be done. I think what needs to be done by climate protesters and activists will come out of their intelligent understanding and their passionate feeling about 
the change that needs to be done and the methods, uh, peaceful methods, um, cunning methods uh, by which to help draw attention to it and, and bring, about, uh, bring about change. It's just we're on a whole, this is a whole new different ball game, Mariella. So I, I understand that the methods get, get, get stranger and weirder. I, I completely understand. There's no gentle way to do it because you know, people are not being given the, the megaphone in the right context to, for, 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 for people to, to, to spread this message. So they use the messages they can, so long as they don't go around killing people, they're not a terrorist uh, organization. You know, I, I, I understand the evolution of these, of these methods, absolutely. Mm. But I am I, I, using the technique of, of consciousness, of words, of the, of the power and the shock of, of the, that literature can bring. And I also support them in the streets. So I'm, I'm complimentary to whatever work they're doing out there, so long as they're not going around killing people. How much do you think, um, uh, I, I know, you know, the idea of inconveniencing people in the face of a, a major global catastrophe is an interesting one to, to unpick. But how much do you think that fiction can do to change things, to change people's minds? Because obviously preaching to the converted, you know, and that's one of the problems, I suppose, with climate activism as we've just been discussing it. Because if it just makes people feel resentful, um, and actually stops them from getting involved and, and feeling a part of, of, of that movement, then that's not a good thing. And, and I suppose with fiction, the issue is that you pick up a book because you want to read it. And if you know it's a book about you know, climate change and the environment and, and you know, the battle to change all of that, then you're only going to pick it up, aren't you, if, if you're interested in that subject and possibly if you already agree with the author. Uh, not, not necessarily, because books have a sideways way of leaking. Um, you know, I, I can think of the works of Virginia Woolf, A Room of, Room of One's Own. I can think of Upton Sinclair's famous book about the meat factory. I can think of, you know, Richard Wright's uh, Native Son. I can think of, um, you know, Peter Abraham's famous novel uh, set during the time of um, apartheid. These are, these, are, these are works that, yes, you know what they're about, but they have their way of leaking. They speak to the converted, but the converted also need to be passionately intensified. They also need to, there's different levels of, of being converted. There's people who say, so I agree with your cause, and they do nothing. We, those people need to be sort of woken up to, I agree with your cause, and I am going to vote and make sure that whatever government comes into power supports this cause. So there's different level of, 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 of charging the converted as well as speaking to the, to the unconverted. But the main thing, I think, is the saturation of the atmosphere so that it now becomes a subject that you cannot dance around anymore. And as for inconveniencing, Mariella, I, I think that goes hand in hand with protest movements. I think it goes hand in hand with trying to bring about legitimate change in a world where most of us don't really want to bring about this change, which will be for our own good anyway, the, the sustenance and continuation of, of, of life and, and all the species on this extraordinarily beautiful planet. Um, that's you know, how I, I mean. It. Yeah, I, I, and and you've chosen to use um, all kinds of different forms of of writing in your book, and it's something that you've done throughout your forty year career. I wonder if you think you know. I mean, people do like to put a, a writer or any we we like to put everybody into boxes. This is what they do. You know. Do you think that the fact that you've always kept a very diverse range of writing as as you know the norm for you that that in a way has been detrimental in terms of, of in terms of I don't know you know global success Ben <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I, I don't know about, I don't know. I'm not interested so much in global success. I'm interested in, uh, you know, um, the beauty, the power, the range, the depth, uh, the, 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 the mastery, um, the charge of, of, of the work that I'm doing. Everything else after that just follows, everything follows from that. You do the work and people come to it when they're ready to come to it. But, you know, th this diversity of, of forms that you talk about, it's just... Mm. I'm like water, you know. Um, if 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 this thing needs to be rain, I, I I rain it down. If this thing needs to be a river, I river it. If it needs to be um, an ice block, I ice block it. You know, I I follow the I follow the intrinsic need of of the form itself or what it is that one really wants to say. I find that the strongest, the most the most cunning, the most intelligent, the most in, the most deceptive, the most indirect way of, of saying these things that I want to say. And, you know, a, a new way of saying something demands a new form. And anyway, if you write in one form only, that too is its own limitation. If you only write poetry, people might not, everybody might not read it. If you only read novels, write novels, there might be people who love short stories and poems. So every, everything comes with its downside and its blessings. In your um, late 20s, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, diversity there in terms of form, but in, in your late 20s, you lived in Notting Hill and you were part of a, a, you know, an incredibly rich and diverse group of writers who were writing at the time, um, you know, people like Salman Rushdie and Hanif Qureshi, but also like Ian McEwan and, and others. And, and that same group of writers is, is now calling. I know you didn't go to the creative writing course in East Anglia, but many of them did pop in there and and uh, they've been very animated in the last week or so about University of East Anglia's cuts to the Faculty of Arts and Humanities. Do you see it as a, as a bit of a disaster for writing in this country? Do you think it's an example of how writing perhaps isn't valued? Oh yes, well that, that, that is a shame that they're having to do that. Um, honestly, I mean, we, 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 have, we have enough difficulties as it is than to, to, to go cutting arts and culture faculties at universities. Um, is writing valued? Well, um, it is. I mean, in this culture, certainly in the English language around the world, writing is, uh, there's a double thing about it. On the one hand, writing is valued, great writing is valued. If you, if, you, if you enter the canon and you enter the language, you're deeply valued and used as part of the, of the, the weapon and wisdom of culture itself. Uh, but living writers, maybe not so much. I know other cultures that value their writers are, whole heap more um uh, but I, I i don't know i think i think it's part of our job as writers to uh con to continuously uh change the way in which we are we are perceived to see the the, the deep value um uh, of, of our work um so is writing valued well we, we just have to keep writing to make sure writing powerfully uh writing um cunningly to make sure that it is. Well, that's exactly what you've done. Cunning like a tiger uh, with tiger work, uh, Ben Okri. That was the Booker Prize winning poet and novelist Ben Okri. His latest book, um, Tiger Work, is out now. Always a pleasure to talk to him. And you can hear many more of my big interviews with the likes of Ben on the Mariella Meets podcast. All fascinating people reflecting on their lives and their careers, as well as the issues of today, including the likes of Alex James, Mika, Jack Whitehall, and many, many more. Plenty of women on there too. I don't know why we've got none in our list today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.